You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. And welcome to this week's episode of the Couch Brotatoes. I'm Alex. This cat, <laughs> Morrison. And as you saw from the title, we're digging back into our always sunny retrospective. That's right. We had to hang up the king of the hill, but we're right back at it with probably one of our one of my favorite live action shows, at least. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're diving into season four, where uh, we, if you, uh, if folks have watched like seasons one through three already, everybody's very familiar with the characters and their tics and uh, and everything too. So, and they kind of play uh, on uh, everybody's personality traits, even in uh, on a, one particular episode in this season where they kind of give uh, everyone a fantasy role. Yeah. As far as like the origin story of uh, a Liberty Bell uh, crack uh, story that they're trying, that the uh, gang's trying to pitch to historians. But we'll get to that later on as we cover this season. Oh yeah, but uh, we might as well go ahead and start with episode one and and honestly uh, before we even get there I feel like season four is really where they kind of hit their stride where it's like all the characters were fully formed Mm -hmm. they were starting to kind of work on a bit more of the wackier traits because we've already got character building so now we know the characters so they're kind of allowed to be a little wackier than they were before right if that makes any sense it's kind of like what happened with with, uh, happens with any sitcom whether it's the Simpsons or Seinfeld where Mm -hmm. like uh, if it sticks around long enough you uh not only do the does the audience get more more familiar with the characters, but the writers kind of you know get to have more uh, fun with adding uh, more to the uh, dimensions of the characters that people are already familiar with, whether they're you know better or worse, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, worse, <laughs> yeah, very worse in this case. And they kick it right off with episode one, Mac and Dennis Manhunters, where Charlie and Dee freak out and become cannibals after Frank tells them that the meat they stole from him was human meat. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mac and Dennis go after the most dangerous prey of all man by hunting cricket yeah <laughs> so yeah frank's like uh i forget uh what uh dennis and uh, charlie did to piss frank off but frank's just like uh or no wait they uh go through they eat uh frank's meat yep and frank is like fuck you guys that's uh human meat and i'm gonna and did that to really you know plant that seed in their heads to just have that fuck within the rest of the the mm-hmm. episode <laughs> but it really affected charlie and d yeah. <laughs> the most and they is go it succulent or flavorful yes <laughs> And they go to like uh, in the entire episode, they're fighting uh, what they think is a craving for human yeah. meat because they're like, "This is so good." Where, where do we go? Do we go and find more human meat? <laughs> I don't know, do you mean? And uh, yeah, and then Mac and Dennis, um, they go running off and, and basically just like stalk Cricket. Yeah, <laughs> the entire fucking yeah, episode. Because yeah, because Dennis and uh, Mac are like, I mean, you listen in on the conversation. They're like, "What if?" Yeah, and they're like, "What would be like the." Uh, <laughs> I think they just see Cricket walking around. They're like, what would be like the most fun human to hunt? And they're just like, Cricket. <laughs> and that becomes a whole like cat and mouse thing throughout the, the whole episode too. And Cricket mm-hmm. winds up, you know, getting the leg up on him every time too. Yeah. Cricket lives on the streets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, Cricket spent some time out there now. Yeah, he's, he knows what the streets are like. I think one of my favorite moments is when uh, Dee and uh, Charlie go to like the uh, the the funeral home oh yeah to see if they can with like a six pack of beer <laughs> and the uh oh you can eat buffet and then the guy that runs that runs a funeral home is just like so uh 
about uh, five minutes but if you give me an extra 20 bucks i'll leave you alone with them for like 10 like uh <laughs> no like wait no we're not gonna have sex with the corpses <laughs> we just want to eat them they're like wait a minute you're you're not gonna have sex with the corpses <laughs> yeah i know it's like again in this universe like everyone is just assumed to be the absolute worst person ever it is philadelphia <laughs> well yeah there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah kirk gets the leg up on uh Mac and uh, Dennis, and mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of like how that uh, episode kind of rounds up and everything, too. Yeah, because the um, Frank basically fucking with them basically just wraps up with, oh, I was kidding, you know, and then they're like, oh, what the fuck? Are and stupid jokes after that. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, uh, probably my favorite episode of the entire season is this next one, which is The Gang Solves the Gas Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> In which they get the idea of buying up a bunch of gas and then reselling it. Yes. <laughs> And, and my favorite joke in that entire episode is they've got like these big barrels of gasoline and like this hand painted sign, you know, gas for a certain price. And they're and they're like, how do you know how much gas you're giving them? And Charlie's like, well, I'll count it. Like, what, right. you, what, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, while well, I'm pouring it in, I'll count it. Be like one, two, yeah. three, four. <laughs> Then he sticks the nozzle in his mouth, and he like spits it out in like some oh, other well, containers. Oh, yeah, they're trying to too. siphon it. Yes, and it's like he winds up like swallowing like half of it as he's like trying to siphon it out. Dude, I don't think this is working. I'm like drinking a lot of. It. He's like, keep doing it, man. It's gonna be fine. And like throughout the entire series, they keep building Charlie up as this indestructible, just like fucking uh, you know mess of a human. Yeah, or like, yeah, like he's accidentally invisible. Yeah, has like accidentally has the best immune system on the planet. Yeah, well, he eats fucking chocolate peanut butter and cheese sandwiches. Like, yeah, <laughs> off the floor in his like dirty ass apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, let's and then the the beginning of it, they're trying to like uh, I forget what they're pitching to. Uh, uh, they're trying to get loans from a bank or something like that. Revolve around the around a barrel. Around yeah, because they're and stuff yeah because like they're too. trying to just get cash for something and they're like this is the quickest way to flip it around and yeah the, <laughs> the charts <laughs> yes yeah, so and we watched a little compilation episode right before we started this and it just reminded me of that scene of all three of them eventually just like getting annoyed with each other and just being like okay okay look look, look. just get off all their shirts and be like which of the three of us do you want to fuck <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> which of us do you want to take back or back in the back yeah and fuck you <laughs> <laughs> And then there's like the whole side plot where they uh, try to put a brute that put make Bruce the scapegoat as a terrorist yeah. to try to get because there's still that continuing storyline of uh, Dennis and uh, D trying to get their inheritance money back from uh, from uh, Barbara, yeah. their deceased mother. Because Bruce has inherited all of them, they're still trying to scam that away. Yeah, and I think uh, isn't this the one where uh, <laughs> where uh, Mac wears like the turban and uh, they, everybody thinks he's a terrorist too yeah. at the very end yes. of it? <laughs> he's got like duct tape and shit around it. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's crazy because it's like. I don't know. It, it always feels weird to say this kind of stuff, but it's like, I really feel like shows couldn't get away with that shit today. No. As we find out on like, uh, you know, the very next episode of the season, you can't, uh, where uh, they try to make a billboard for Patty's Pub. There's a lot of moments on that episode that you're not going to see on like a Hulu re-airing or anything mm-hmm. like that. No. Was that, was that the episode that was pulled? Yeah. Cause I'm seeing the America's t- uh, top Patty's billboard model contest. And I remember like specific beats of it. And when I was doing the rewatch of it, you know, I didn't notice it at first, but then 
watching that recap that we saw on YouTube, I'm like, oh, they didn't uh, play this one. And it's I think it's only for one specific part two in episode three where uh, Dee's trying to do like the Rosie Perez bit uh-huh. in the park where she's like putting on like a uh, brown makeup on her face to look uh, Latina and puts like some padding on her butt <laughs> and does like the whole like nasally uh, nasally now, how talk. You doing? Yeah, how you doing? Like really yeah. bad accent too. You know what? I think you may have just missed it because I actually just pulled up an article from August 15th, 2021 this year said uh, America's next top Patty's billboard model contest was one of uh, one of five. It's always sunny. Philadelphia episodes pulled from streaming in June, 2020 due to their usage of black face, brown face and or yellow face is now back on Hulu. Huh. So they must have just added it back. Well, I guess I'm watching it tonight. Too. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Ken Jeong on Community they banned his episode where he painted his face the literal color black with white hair to play a dwarf magician, mm-hmm. and they said that was racist. Wow. Kim Jong right. is the apparently a racist now. Lovely, <laughs> and it's the best one of the best episodes of that show. If you get a chance to watch it, is uh, Community. Uh, I used to love Community. Yeah, but the D and D episode. Yeah, that's the one they pulled. Shit, really? Yeah, because because Kim Jong remember he's like, I am a brutalitops, right. the magician. <laughs> but the, the the episode three of this of this season is there's a lot of great moments where they actually try to you know put a, a model image on the billboard and yeah because like, frank is holding auditions and like of course uh um mac is trying to get I me mean, a uh, dennis, dennis is yeah, like dennis. trying really hard to get on it too to where he's like he's uh, it's like dennis and a bunch of like buff shirtless dudes all trying to look like barn animals <laughs> one is because uh, they they split them into basically the way a lot of these episodes wind up shaking down sometimes too is the teams will get split up yeah so it wound up being like dennis and um uh frank, frank doing the model thing while d and uh, charlie run off and they're deciding to make a viral video for patty's pub because yeah. they feel like that's gonna bring in more attention than the billboard yeah. so like charlie's trying to reincorpor- reincorporate green man uh-huh. <laughs> but then what d's doing is what kind of caused this episode to get pulled for a little while but while watching the recap it's a shame it did because it honestly is funny and them like I don't know this show is a good example of this at what point does racial humor become hurtful because when when malice is intended exactly so I look at that scene and I don't look at the show using racial differences in a malice way in fact it's showing the ignorance of the white person on the show trying to emulate that poorly to the group and they're like what the fuck yeah so it's almost like well stare, stare, acknowledgement stare. with the we know this character is doing bad but laugh at it kind but, of thing uh, me, me and you had talked about it. it's all about context of the whole thing yes so uh, not to get involved in something else but we know these characters are terrible people yeah mm-hmm. that's the thing i was about to bring that they're, up they're not they're not good people charlie is probably the best person but even he is, is fucking dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's probably patient fucking zero for Corona twenty one. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he is. He is a dumbass. Yeah. He's like just uh. What we talked about earlier how it's like the big well, about how he probably has like the biggest like strongest immune system out of anybody yeah. in the group too. 
Uh, do we remember? Do y'all remember how the uh, episode ends? Like how, what the uh, image on the billboard winds up becoming? I honestly don't. Watching that recap kind of reminded me of a couple little small beats. Like I remembered, I was because rewatching these, I remembered Green Man being a lot more predominant in this season, and then rewatching it and going, I thought we had more Green Man after the the football episode. So seeing the, that recap reminded me of a couple little scenes, but no, I don't remember the ending Cause, of. Cause it. That's what happens when uh, with Charlie too. Charlie's like, let's put Green Man on a billboard green man can do anything and everybody's like nobody wants fucking green man charlie <laughs> but then green man shows up and kicks dennis in the nuts uh, for a bit that d yeah. and uh, dennis put together but uh, with the uh, billboard it winds up just being frank just in between two sets of boobs <laughs> <laughs> i mean probably the best option they could have come up with yes <laughs> <laughs> but but like the whole jokes of the show this is why i hate when they pull old stuff mm-hmm. because you're not getting the context of what's going on right Take a show like All in the Family. Okay. Archie Bunker's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Who develops as a character. Who yeah. learns as a character throughout the show. Okay. Yeah. So we don't get rid of a show like that because there's progression. Right. There, there, there are people out there who want to cancel shows because they are too lazy. Too lazy to see the context exactly. of the whole thing and not give it a chance to progress mm-hmm. like like a society would. So even though and like the character of Archie Bunker is, in, is prone to saying, you know... He's a bigoted asshole. Exactly. Homophobic and everything. Yeah, yeah. And then Sammy Davis turns up. <laughs> so, exactly. But that's kind of like what, what makes that dynamic great. Like he's yeah. the foil for Archie Bunker but and he's all also, that. But he's also a guiding light of the old guard. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, like Andy Griffith... You know, it was kind of that same way. All right, this is an older, older, older way of thinking that could still that still has value. Okay, that was the great thing about Andy Griffith was it was a snowball, mm-hmm. yeah, or a, what do you call it, a, a snow globe yeah. town. There's nothing outside it's, kicking it's it just, in. It's so wholesome. It's, yeah, it's too wholesome. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's still an, utter, uh, an utterly watchable show. But now take another show. That does come off as racist, uh, or like too conservative, and I mean conservative, I mean regressive. Mm-hmm. Like you have progressive, but just, there are conservative shows now that are just so far regressive they want to take two steps back. And people have said that about like say Tim Allen's latest sitcoms yeah, and shit like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I never seen it, so I can't give a proper like you know analysis of it. But that's what I've read show. about. It's a weird show. I miss Home Improvement, but yeah. Uh, but there's no, there's no progress in that show. He's not making any headway. It's all kind of like placating to a certain fan uh, audience. That is very demographic on that one. Yeah, like, and like which is kind of odd considering they like when you make a show, you want the broadest demographic you can get. You know, you want you know males thirteen to forty five. You want women, you know, sixteen to twenty something. You know, you're hitting a certain number. Exactly. You, that's who you want to hit. And it just blows me away when some people don't realize they're not part of a fucking demographic. Like, I watch horror movies because fucking white dudes between 13 and 40 love watching people getting murdered. (laughs) But if you're, you know, a woman who's 75 years old, this movie ain't for you. No. Mm -hmm. They make movies for you. 
But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't realize you're not part of a demographic, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Like, I'll make that comment about you know, like TV shows or like any arts where I realize that I'm in, not in that demographic. Where and people will ask me, why aren't you uh, into such and such? I was like, well, that wasn't bag. that wasn't me, for me. You know? Yeah. It's like we're not in the demographic of a show, queer as folk or something like that. Mm. That's not for us. Right. Okay. Now we could watch it. But that's it. But it's not for us. It's not targeted for you. And I think Always Sunny, it there targets... There we go. Now, I was wondering where yeah. we were going well, with well, this. Well, we, this. We were going this, down a rabbit trail. No, no, <laughs> Seriously. This, this, <laughs> this thing about Always Sunny, it targets everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something everybody can enjoy well, about like the show. Park. Yeah. Everybody can enjoy the fucked up things these guys do. Mm-hmm. Especially hunting, hunting people. Let's, let's think, just, just think about that. Like, well, but, but that's not even part of the episode. Let's let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Right. <laughs> we were doing good there, Chris. Thank you. Well, like with the uh, well, like episode four, it's all about rela- it's all about relationships. Yes. And, but actually, before we even get that far in, I forgot to mention something. One of the other reasons Gang Saul's uh, Gas Crisis is my favorite. I had to look it up because I was skimming the rest of the episodes, and I'm like, I don't know where else this would have fit, and I found out it was from that episode. That's where we get the classic. I'm wild card, bitches. Oh yeah, I hate that shit. That's you hate th- that one? That, it's, just, it's just like it throws. It could throw the whole story off. Yeah. When he's just like Charlie Day, at mm. some point, is gonna fuck it up. Pull the wild but, but card. That was, but that was the debut of Wild Card yeah. when they're riding around that van with all the tinted windows. Well, it's because they're, they're trying to sell the gas door to door at that point. Yeah. yeah. And he had cut the wire. Wild card. Because they're like, I'm the brains, I'm the brawn, yeah. and this, that, and the other. Yeah. And Charlie didn't like the fact that he was just like there. Yeah, you're he's just like, we're on the wild card. No, 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 no. But he's always been the wild card, which yeah. is great. It's like Dennis is it the brains, out. Mac is the brawn. Yeah, Charlie's the wild card. Anytime, and when D would try to say, "I'm the such and such," they'd be like, "Shut the fuck up, D." Yeah, yeah, D, she just couldn't D do it. Sweet, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, like you were saying, Cap, episode four, Mac banging the waitress. Charlie learns that the waitress now has a boyfriend and enlists his badass best friends. Uh, Max help to find. It's what it says. Yeah, uh, uh, help to find out uh, who can. Uh, Find out who it is so he can destroy the relationship. So even the writing of the the episode descriptions, it's all like uh, they're all knowledgeable of every mm. of the characters now. What we can uh, predict. Oh yeah, jealous of Mac and Charlie's relationship. Dennis tries to convince Charlie that Mac is double crossing him by having Charlie listen in on them banging, in which you just they're just literally making noises. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in for a shock when they hear it uh, through a series of lies, misunderstandings, confessions, and revelations. It comes out the waitress and Mac both have ulterior motives for getting together frank and d aren't featured in this episode <laughs> yeah it's weird that we don't uh that, that i forget about that too you won't even think about that because usually we see the ensemble you know mm-hmm. at various points like you talk about where everybody's just kind of split off into like their own little groups like no, everybody the, has their own little subplot this episode was very much focused on mac charlie and the waitress yeah <laughs> a little love triangle that's going on there <laughs> wasn't that uh the end of it where you see uh wasn't that the one where Charlie's walking out of, uh, he's like, he wants he's a fucking uh, Dennis's mom or something like that to get back at him? I think that was the uh, Mac Bangs Dennis, or it was when the one where, one where Mac Bangs Dennis's mom. Okay, because I, I thought there was another one where Charlie was walking out of a house. Mm. And they're like, what's going on? And they're like, what? And it was like that quick little thing. And I was like, that's me getting you back. That's when all of the, I think that was the uh, Mac uh, okay. Bangs Dennis's mom, because that was okay, when they were okay. like trying to pin everybody against each yeah. other. 
Yeah, okay, so yeah, I remember that episode more. I bear, I don't remember this one as much. Yeah, this is one of the uh, more forgettable ones for me in this season, too. Hmm. You remember that one most of you at all, Chris? No, because it kind of molds with that other one you're talking about. I know. because everybody's re- trying to fuck each other's mom. Yeah, because yeah. I remember also uh, Dee being part of that one. Because Sweet Dee has the waitress in the car, yeah, and Dennis is hitting on Max's mom. Yes. And he's like, she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm conflating the two. Yeah, this this one is barely memorable. Oh, See, exactly, because that's a better episode, because they're all like at each other's throats, like trying to like you know get back at each other. Because again, they're all terrible fucking people. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we might as well talk about the next two back to back. These are two of my favorites. <laughs> Mac and Charlie die part one and two. Yeah, they're trying to kill uh, Mac and Charlie are trying to uh, fake their deaths to uh, hide from uh, Mac's dad. Who's getting out of prison who they screwed over again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then like uh, like Mac's dad is, uh, you know. I think it was like the I forget it was the last season where he said when I get out I'm, I'm gonna, gonna kill, kill you both. Yeah. <laughs> I love the actor that plays Max Dad so much. We just talks like this. Oh, I know it's that good bug eyed yes, and everything. That good dead stare. I I don't I've never seen him in anything else. I don't either. I'm gonna look that up. Who plays Max Dad? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then one of the side plots is when they figure out that there's a glory hole in the bathroom, and Dennis could not be happier to find that revelation. Oh, oh yeah, that becomes a whole. Uh, that was that's the uh, Frank. Uh, uh, D and Dennis uh, side plot of the episode too, and they try to like justify all the uh, reasons for it. Where it's uh, <laughs> what was it that Frank says? It's like you could uh, that could be a, a woman on the other side or whatever. Uh, Frank, uh, your, your likelihoods of that are very slim. He's like, what do I care? I'm just going to imagine it's a woman. Hey, the guy on the other side can do the same thing with and, a dick in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And that's why I love this show. It isn't even like the overarching story of the episode sometimes. It's those quick little jokes they throw in like that. And the timing, all of it is just so fucking good. Well, it's all, most of it's improv. Like, they have a just, they have certain scripted moments, but most of it is improv. Oh, yeah. Because like the bloopers are just like, what are you trying to say, Dennis? And he's just like, I'm trying to call her a stupid bitch, but I can't because I keep looking at her and laughing thinking she's a giant chicken person. <laughs> giant chicken woman <laughs> and then uh mac and charlie like her uh they try to uh fake their deaths by uh mac tries to wreck a car into the side of the building not just a car sweet d's car sweet d's yes <laughs> her 97 dodge neon yeah and then they you can't uh, buy a new 97 dodge neon you get a used one but you can't get a new one you can go the prices right and win a 2017 honda <laughs> <laughs> and that and mac was like legit injured as a result of in the course car he, is. he ran into a brick wall yes <laughs> Probably like, like 30 miles an hour, it seemed like, by the time they picked up speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> like, their whole game plan was like have it like set ablaze or whatever, like that, too, and then uh, fake and then film it. <laughs> yeah, they were gonna put like fake bodies in it, they were gonna have suicide notes, set the car on fire, wreck it. Like, they were go- there was so many extra steps. I love the videotape that they make for the rest of the gang, too, where it's just like Mac and Charlie like holding on to each other's hands, like they're with Bon Jovi in the background. Shot. <laughs> and then it cuts off and then the rest of the gang's just like what what what's what? happening <laughs> not just unfazed <laughs> and then uh part two essentially is just them like living on the run and just pretending that they're still dead and like what they're hiding on the roof or some shit yeah they're hiding on the roof like not like barely on the run just hiding on the roof or in the vents or whatever and then uh, they get called out afterwards going like we could hear you loud and clear <laughs> upstairs you're talking at like normal volume well, the and building's then, only like what two stories tall if you're walking toward that building 
block two blocks away on a level area you could see like two guys on the fucking roof oh yeah <laughs> i mean i mean flashback a, a season or two when the gang gets held hostage and the, i was gonna say yeah the mcboyle uh, brothers he's like holding on to him and oh, he's okay, just like, just like, five like feet. no it just lands on his face like you okay yeah yeah that's yeah. nothing i might have bruised my heel a little yeah. but <laughs> that's, that's still one of the best meme formats yeah i got you brother no nah, i don't think so <laughs> And then there's the part where like the glory hole gets implemented and then like you see I think it's Dennis is like uh, taking a piss and then he sees like a dick shadow yes. <laughs> come in the fucking bathroom he's just like hey and he goes like ah uh, no I don't swing that way bro oh okay <laughs> dick shadow goes away <laughs> I think it was meant to be uh, Frank though like when you listen I, to the voice mm, yeah <laughs> or it's like Frank putting on a voice <laughs> Yeah, and and then I think after that he got freaked out, and that's when he like boarded it up. Because mm-hmm. I remember they boarded it up shortly after. He's like, no, 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 we can't have a glory hole anymore. It's too yeah. weird. It's too much. Yeah, <laughs> like Dennis will just like fold immediately, no matter like how like how erotic he thinks an idea is. He'll just like, or like it's like the uh, first season where like he uh, where they were turning Patty's Pub into a gay bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just folded on that immediately when it got uncomfortable for him. Where he thought well, he got well, raped. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't comfortable. It, uh, it wasn't comfortable. But it wasn't like a scenario comfortable. It was they drugged him and made him think he was raped. Yeah, <laughs> true. Their pranks, you got tight ass boy. How that ass feel? <laughs> their, their pranks are cruel. Yes. <laughs> Granted, but, they think they've eaten people. <laughs> uh huh. They're dumbasses. Yeah, it just only just escalates on this season. Oh yeah. And then the next episode, yes. we get a a who done it scenario. The who done it of who pooped the bed. Uh-huh. Frank and Charlie, uh, because at this point, uh, Frank and Charlie are living together. So we've missed an episode at some point of them going through the the toe knife. <laughs> and everything else. So we've we've missed that episode at some point of us discussing how much Frank and Charlie even though how diametrically opposed they seem, their day-to-day living is almost parallel. Like, they match up in that regard, but they don't match up in any other way. Because there was that whole scare of uh, where they thought uh, Frank was was uh, Charlie's dad for a minute, too. Uh-huh. And there was, because of those parallels, it kind of made sense up to a point, too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, I remember this one is someone shat in um, Frank and Charlie's bed, and Mac and Dennis join them to try to catch the culprit. Meanwhile, Dee takes the waitress uh, to and Artemis, <laughs> and Artemis on a Sex in the City style night out. Oh yeah, Dee's like all in a Sex in the City mode or whatever. And see, I forgot about Artemis. That was the uh, that was the really brash girl that was trying to date Frank for a minute. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. yeah. She was in like uh, Dee's acting classes, but like she takes like the acting thing like super serious and everything mm-hmm. too. It's like I'm a performance artist and like. Of course, Artemis is all about, you know, a Sex in the City style like, scenario or whatever. And also, the waitress is trying to be sober at this point, too. So she's quitting drinking. But And uh, Dee's just like, you have to drink with us. You have to be shit-faced with us. It's Sex in the City. <laughs> do it, bitch. And somehow the waitress just buckles for it. She goes like, I got nothing to do this night anyway, so why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. And then it uh, gets to a point where like the waitress is just fucked up, makes an ass of herself, ruins the entire experience for Dee. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, the Artem- of course Artemis is just like hitting on like every wait- waiter that's in the restaurant. <laughs> that waiters are just, are just like, uh, no. 
And uh, not really much happened on the uh, the story on the who pooped the bed. It was more or less just hijinks and shenanigans and a bunch of finger pointing. But who did it in the end? Wasn't it Frank? I think so. And yeah. he was saying he like, and it was like it, he almost used like a child's reason. Like I was doing it for attention. Yeah, <laughs> something dumb like that. <laughs> honestly, I think it wrapped into something like. Because if you look at all the episodes so far, like it's been very centric on the original cast. Like yeah. Frank hadn't had much to do, and I think it came from like, a, you guys are always running off and doing something. There's not been anything that revolves around me. <laughs> I just wanted some yeah. attention. I, like I could be wrong, but I feel like that was like the overall narrative of like why he. I just want to be part of the gang. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and, uh, what, that's what gets me about these guys. They always like they're all a gang. Yeah. yeah, all together. There's five of them, but somehow they all feel alienated at some point. It's like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, it like it's always a mashup of two going off this way, three going off the other. Yeah, it's they rarely have adventures by themselves. I don't think I've ever seen one by themselves. No, there's never a solo. Every so often, Dennis. De- yeah. You'll get a little bit of a solo Dennis story. Actually, That's about it. Actually, the next episode is kind of a very Dennis centric episode. Uh, the one like, after after that. Because well, yeah, uh, next up would be uh, Patty's Pub, worst bar in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, but uh, before we get to that one, though, but yeah, I, I think you're right, though, Chris. Uh, you really don't see a lot of the characters outside of the, the group. Dynam- it ruins the dynamic of the show if they it, try to do that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even if, like, little one offs, like, like I said, Dennis, he still has interaction and reveals his purpose mm-hmm. to someone in the group. And they see implication. Yeah. Yes. They somehow, they somehow become uh, accessories after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, any uh, TV show where there's an ensemble, mm-hmm. whether it's Seinfeld or The Simpsons or anything like that. It's hard to write a solo episode for anybody after a minute when they're, you know, when the yeah. ensemble relies on the group dynamic or at least another character in that dynamic. Yeah. The only show I know that does that is Friends. See, I was they never a, a Friends of, guy. They have a lot of one offs. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Uh, the, I see. I didn't watch as much Friends as I did Seinfeld. But no, uh, Patty's Pub, worst bar in Philadelphia. The it's gang spiders in the veins. Oh yeah, <laughs> gang kidnaps a uh, newspaper critic who is dubbed Patty's Pub, a uh, worst bar in Philadelphia. But they also kidnap the critic's neighbor and pet cat. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> Frank the cat. is not featured in this episode. Yeah, we'll kidnap the block. <laughs> now I always like these episodes where. And it almost shows the strong storytelling they have where you only get really one location throughout the whole episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, like Cheers. Yeah. It's like you they really don't navigate away from the bar much in this episode. Most of the entire episode is built around the bar. Mm-hmm. And I love those ones where it's like they're in. And that's another reason why I like the gang gets kidnapped. They never leave the bar. It's almost like the bar is a character in itself. It absolutely is. I mean, they sell Patty's Pub merch. Yeah, you know. So it's like I, I feel the bar is one. I don't think if if Always Sunny were to debut with the next season with a big old fire to Patty's Pub. And they had to relocate and they couldn't like, you know, do the, you know, TV sitcom rewind, you know, oh, we got the building back and it's not as bad as we thought, you know, that kind of thing. If it just burned the fuck down and they had to go somewhere else, I don't think the show would be the same. That's kind of like, well, that's happened with uh, TV shows like Archer, where like the I where the uh, organization they work for, ISIS. Yeah. Yeah. You talk, can't. talk about some bad timing on that one. Right as that show starts getting big, all of a sudden fucking terrorists pop up with the same goddamn name. I like how they address it in that one, though. Yeah. He's like, we're changing the name. Why? 
you know why. Exactly. Yeah, they never said it. But like the writers changed that show because they got tired of writing spy fiction. They, that was the whole point of that because the storytellers are like, they paid us to keep writing, but they didn't give us, you know, a reason to keep writing this. So we asked if we can do multiple environments. And that's when they did the whole Christian Slater thing. And then that's when they do like, and then like uh, the, uh, the, the fantasy, yeah, the fantasy uh, ones, stuff. Like and, uh, the 1940s, the 50s, and 30s, and shit like that. Yeah, but they did that that for like two or three seasons and those were uh, fun i don't know i just uh it's, it's the whole thing where it kind of takes away from the uh the series about like uh kind of like, like what we're with, talking about with always sunny where like you take one thing like uh an overarching uh identity that's associated with the show and it changes everything for better or worse i like when he was like had amnesia and was bob from bob's burgers yes <laughs> yes that's my favorite Bobby. <laughs> we'll eventually do an archer retrospective yeah. maybe that'll be the next series we tackle Mm. That way we could go down the dream sequences and rate the different uh, dream seasons. You made me rewatch those. You've already been rewatching it. <laughs> you, you started rewatching that right after. Actually, you're watching that in between King of the Hill because I'd be I upstairs was. and I'd hear like the King of the Hill intro like three or four times in the row, and all of a sudden, uh-huh. <laughs> most annoying fucking theme song ever. Yeah, <laughs> only because just it's one it's, note. <laughs> it's that single trumpet, right? And it just fucking blares in that mix. It's just like, God damn. Anyway, <laughs> back to Always Sunny. <laughs> uh, but no, I really like this one because, again, it's just a whole bunch of hijinks of them, like, torturing this poor fucking reviewer. You're going to make us the best bar in Philadelphia. <laughs> Say <laughs> it. <laughs> and actually talking about Archer and Bob's Burgers, it reminds me of the Bob's Burgers episode where he kidnaps the food critic yeah. with a bunch of his friends. And they're like, why did you not like our food? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eat our food and like it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever read a review about a restaurant. Uh, Ever, like, ooh, good hmm. point. Not a professional review. No, not, not that, like a food blogger. A, I've never read like a Yelp review. I've never yet read like uh, a critic's view or even a comment on like a restaurant's tag. Or yeah, because normally we're just like, hey, we ask a friend, hey, how's this place? Oh, it's pretty good. Or, eh, or uh, this is the, the shit. Go try it out. Yeah, yeah, so usually the replies we'll get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that runs a gambit. Basically. <laughs> so if you want to know about a restaurant, ask a friend. But no, uh, I'll check Google Maps every so often. Like, if I'm in a new town mm-hmm. and, like, I'm thinking about, like, ooh, that place looks pretty good, I'll look it up just to see what the overall rating is. I don't go and read reviews. But, like, if it's a place that, like, legit has, like, two and a half stars on Google Maps, I'm probably not going to fuck with it. I'm you know? Fuck, I don't care. Right. <laughs> hey, this is, this is I've been Jimmy burned. Jam's fucking barbecue joint. It's got one star. Why? It's got people. There's people in the barbecue. Well, no, no. I'm totally fine with that place. And most of the places that you're kind of describing like that, if you look it up, they've got good reviews. I, I've been burned way too many times by bad food and then like looking it up later and seeing all the bad reviews. And I'm just like, eh, I should have fucking checked there before I went. So right. I, I will do the cursory like, is, it, is there at least three stars? All right, cool. Because it's like, again, I don't listen to fucking Karens and Joes and I'm all going, that when it goes to that. What's that? I go in blind every time. Uh, my, yeah. my, my wallet doesn't allow me to go in blind every time. That's, that's, that's why I'm a creature of habit when I order food, too, man. It's like, if I don't know about the place and I'm looking through the menu, I size it up. Because I know roughly how much those portion sizes are going to be for each thing or how much they could fuck it up. Mm-hmm. So I will like literally kind of browse and look at tables and shit. And nine times out of ten, if it's somewhere I do not feel like they're going to do good, I will get cheese fries with bacon. Or chicken tenders because I have found out 
You cannot fuck up it is, either of those. I was going to say it is or hard it is to fuck extremely up. hard to fuck them up. I've had a horrible burger. I've had some horrible sandwiches. I've yet to have any bad chicken tenders, and it's hard to fuck up fries, cheese, and bacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, it's, I'll order that shit if I don't know what I'm expecting. Now, second time, if I know it's going to be good, I'll get some different shit. Yeah. I don't Would know. you go to Patty's Pub? Once. Yeah, because well, yeah, they don't serve food. Yeah, why the fuck not? I'd hang out there. It'd be like just like the milestone, just without the venue. <laughs> so we've been to quite a few Patty's no, pubs. Still be a venue. <laughs> still a venue. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, just a whole bunch of nonsense on that episode. But yeah, episode nine though, uh, Dennis Riddles and Exotic Life. There you go, Cap. Yeah, there it is. The, the solo Dennis episode where he wants to like put out his memoirs about all of his uh encounters yes uh he wants to publish an account of his ex- uh, sexual exploits and lands himself in a re- uh, and lands in a rehab facility with comedian sinbad <laughs> it's, it's so and matchbox 20 front man rob thomas meanwhile charlie and d try to walk in each uh, will try to walk in each other's exactly. shoes i forget what led into that just like walk a mile in my, sh- in my shoes d or whatever and like d's just like you know well, going it- with it got flipped because D kept throwing a whole bunch of extra shit on Charlie and then dubbing it Charlie work. Yeah. And he's like, and she's like, you've only got to do a little bit of stuff. He's like, yeah, D, but you know what? It's really hard. It's really hard doing everything I do. That's and, that's, Charlie. And, and that's when they flipped. It. He's like, why don't you do all the Charlie? She's like, fine. I'll do the Charlie work. And then he started role reversing it where he just started throwing a whole bunch of shit on and start acting like D and all this other crap. No, I like the uh, Dennis story a lot where uh, he winds up in the fucking uh, mental health facility and uh you know sinbad is there and rob thomas is there and uh, it's implied that uh, sinbad and rob thomas are kind of figments of his imagination like he's going crazy yeah and like sinbad's just like talking shit and he goes like rob thomas sing a song and rob thomas opens his mouth and goes shut the fuck up rob <laughs> <laughs> and it's like kind of that whole dynamic too where like uh rob thomas is like the sidekick <laughs> Sinbad, he, I don't know why he's not in more shows even because he's got some great comedic timing. It's like he's good at stand up too. He's a great comedian. I watched the movie he was in not long ago. Oh, yeah, Coneheads. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he kind of had his like film peak in like the 90s and just yeah. dropped off the face of the earth. Probably made his money and you know, just became a Did family. He play a genie or some shit. Yes, yeah, no way. That was the whole thing with uh Shaq. <laughs> No, he played a genie in something. But that was like a whole fucking uh, Mandela effect. Well, that, that was Kazam, but that was like Kazam. a whole like uh, Mandela debate, uh, Mandela I'm effect sure debate too between something. Yeah, because I know Sinbad played a genie, and I know uh, Shaq played a genie at around yeah. the same time. Yeah, but it wasn't Kazam. It was right. something else. I forget what it was called too. My genie or some shit. Yeah, something along those lines. And then like the uh, <laughs> Dennis's uh, stories are always like <laughs> he reads them out loud, and it's just like the most poor, just like gross. <laughs> like snuff writing ever <laughs> it's like what is wrong with you dennis but yeah it's also he's the a, portrait of a, a fucking uh, psychopath yeah, okay he's a killer. so yeah so so i did some quick research on the uh sinbad genie thing so all i did was type in sinbad genie and movie mm-hmm. and the top result it says we found sinbad's uh genie movie and it's uploaded by College Humor. So, no, oh. that wasn't actually a movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Again, people- so, no, Sinbad was never a genie in any movie. You can- according to so many of these, because that's exactly what Cap's talking about, the Mandela effect. He yeah. was never in it. And that's fucked me up, too. I've- I think it's because of the pants he wears. I was going to say, you can totally see it. It has to. I totally get it. I he get it. genie pants. But that's why I even had to double check, because I'm just like, yeah. wait a minute. I feel like I've been down this road. So, yeah, he has never been a genie yeah. in something. 
something and the time he was it was a college humor video yeah <laughs> in the next episode i don't remember all that much because sweet like, d has a heart attack yeah this one's kind of like one of the lesser ones in this one for me just because it's uh, basically just a parody of one flew over the cuckoo's nest after a minute with uh with uh, Frank, and it's also hilarious because Frank uh, Danny DeVito was in that fucking movie. Yeah, so that was kind of like the humorous point of it too, like little nice little callback. Now, if I remember, yeah, Dee's hospitalized for a heart attack, but I feel like she spent most of the episode in the hospital because I feel like I remember the wrap up scene, everyone being like surrounding her in the hospital bed, and then like. She was pulling so much pity, but then it like unraveled by the end. I think so. When I was watching uh, this, se- when I was watching this season, this must have been a day where we were recording some podcasts, and it was like late at night, and I was like kind of like zonking out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's probably one of, another reason why it's one of the more uh, least memorable for me. That, and I don't think this one was really syndicated all that much when they were doing reruns on Comedy Central. No, our. Even though this season gave birth to a lot of classic moments, I don't remember. You're right. I don't remember seeing a lot of these episodes on repeat, aside from maybe a couple. Yeah, the last three though, I remember seeing. You know, at regular though, or regularly on a regular basis. And and that's what I was going to bring up. It feels like the last three and the first couple mm-hmm. got replayed because I remember the Mac and Dennis Manhunters, and of course the gang solves the gas crisis. I remember those really well, and then that little bit of gap in the middle yeah, just doesn't feel as familiar. I'm trying to remember if the D being hospitalized one was close to the... Because I remember around the same time, a lot of FX shows got affected by the writer's strike. Yeah. And I can't remember if this was a weird episode they did during the writer's strike or not. I can't... That's that's a good point to bring up, though. Do what? What's the year? Uh, this would have been 20... 2008. Eight. Oh, eight. Yeah, there was a writer's strike in 2008. Yeah. Because I remember Rescue Me got affected by that a good bit, and there was like a weird gap of shows. No, but the uh, next one is very memorable because it's like the first uh, episode where uh, the gang uh, it gives a fantasy sequence where like everybody in the cast plays like a... Uh, gives it a, a timepiece, kind of like what Simpsons would do every now and then or what, um, you know... Um, a series if a series goes on for a certain amount of time you get to kind of like what archer did too with their uh fantasy seasons mm-hmm. yep uh, att- uh with this one attempting to turn patties into a philadelphia landmark the gang tells how patty's pub was historically relevant during the revolutionary war they're trying to pitch the idea of how uh patty's pub is responsible for the, cl- the crack in the liberty bell to a historian <laughs> and what was uh charlie's version of that I think they all kind of collectively. Uh, oh, uh, there is a part where, like, uh, mm-hmm. I think Charlie tries to uh, begin to tell a story, and Dennis just like, "Let me tell the story, Charlie. You're fucking it up." Okay, because I, I remember there was a moment where it's like it felt like everyone was kind of on point, but then like Charlie was trying to tell his side, and they're just like, "Shut the fuck up." Yeah, basically. So then it's like, Charlie, you're terrible at this. You're terrible. Let me let me explain. And then uh, I think uh, D plays a winch, of course. Yes. And then uh, Dennis plays. Like uh, an English loyalist, or like he plays yeah, an American uh, yeah, loyalist for the Revolutionary the specifics War. Specifics of it, and then Mac plays you know one of the actual uh, bartenders. 
uh, at that uh, the Revolutionary War version of Patty's, <laughs> and he wants to uh, join uh, the Loyalists to fight the Americans during the Revolutionary War because they're like, well, so of course the Americans are going to lose. We need to fight with the British. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that so whole of course thing. he would <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Frank and Charlie are like, um, uh, are are what those uh, what are those characters that you see in uh, say. Uh, in a renaissance fairs where you're where you're throwing fruit at them and things like oh, that oh 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 uh peasants yeah they're peasants yeah they're acting as peasants throughout the whole thing too <laughs> wouldn't that be about the right term to use there chris no well you talking please. about people who are throwing fruit and vegetables yeah talking about the, the people the at the people yeah the citizens no 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 I'm the sh- people in the stocks yeah oh, prisoners I don't think they were prisoners. I think they were walking around. They were th- they were thieves. They were kind of like the uh, they were kind of like peasantly. Yeah, they were like they're Cretans essentially, basically the same characters that they are in present day, Cretans. but like Revolutionary War times. Yeah, and then uh, see the uh, Revolutionary peasants War peasants in the United States. It wasn't a fiefdom. Like it's it citizens. Right. <laughs> hey, I was rolling with them. I was agreeing with peasants. Cretan, I guess, would be the best word. Yeah, they were basically like the same deal that they are, and like you know, in the present day, you could at call the time them that today. Too. Hell, they probably called them peasants in the episode. Okay. That's, probably, that's probably what happened. But no, and then yeah, uh, leave it to always study to get their fiction right. Their right. Historical well, again, fiction right. right. Well, again, this is uh, Dennis and uh, Mac and Charlie telling the story too. <laughs> and I'm then Captain Alex Stallone. trying to remember it. Yeah. I'm surprised Mac telling it didn't show like Stallone showing up like using an M16 With a fucking, like, Yeah, exactly. As Rambo or some shit. Get some. Get some. Get some. And then uh, Cricket shows up as a uh, as a colonial like millionaire and tries to uh, you know sweep D off her feet, yeah. or like yes. D wants to uh, sweep no, sweep yeah. And I think that and they wind up uh, crippling uh, that version of Cricket too. Why not? Well, it's because every time Cricket shows up, he gets worse and worse off. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he had that he had that whole drumming career. Remember when we bought the drums? Yes. <laughs> I got these barrels. <laughs> What you do with all our money? I got these barrels. <laughs> like was, I love your D. I know it was from the previous season, but that's still one of the best ones. They're like, I who fucked my wife, and it's like it all point right over at him. Yeah. <laughs> and then it becomes like it just the story just devolves. Like uh, D becomes like a witch <laughs> and flies off, yeah. and uh, the eventually the historian of they just, think witches exist exactly, and then the, the historian just like kicks them all out of her office at yeah. the end. <laughs> And again, that would be like like if so, you know if your job was to study history mm-hmm. and three fucking imbeciles just walk in and start telling you what history happened I could imagine the many stroke you would have right while listening to their stupid fucking tale and how often that must happen too especially today <laughs> in Texas <laughs> good old Texas gotta keep the Texas theme going yeah you need to cheat you need to teach opposing themes to the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, that story's fucking wild. Yeah. And honestly, the first person that I, that ran across my feed that I saw it from was Paul Stanley. Paul retweeted it, going, "This is some fucking garbage," and I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm spoken." Really? The yeah. Jewish fellas from New York. Yeah, right. I'm just like, "Yeah, <laughs> tell it, Paul. Get it. <laughs> you, you know. Are you guys gonna stop playing in Texas now? <laughs> right. <laughs> Texas is the reason that kids can't play there." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, 
I wouldn't also say one of favorites, but one of them that also has a lot of good memories in my head is the next one. This one's fucking... <laughs> the Genghis Extreme Home Makeover Edition. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't pull this one. <laughs> yes. Believing that selfless acts will lead to good karma, the gang set out to renovate a poor family's home a la Extreme Makeover Home Edition, but Charlie and Dennis end up destroying the entire the building, <laughs> trying to demolish a wall with a propane torch. This is for your own good! We're helping you! And Dean Mac hold a family captive while trying to install quote American values in them despite a poor grasp of the Spanish language <laughs> so yes it's a Spanish homeowners and they're trying to like install all this like American tradition and shit and they're like completely destroying this poor family's house and it's like uh-huh. and again it's all set in the house yes it's another one of those self-contained small episodes and I feel that's really where the writing shines on these where it's just they are put in this little scenario, this little box, and given a whole bunch of crack. And they're like, go. <laughs> and their whole thing in the whole episode is like, this is not how they do it on Extreme Makeover. We got to do it like how they do it on Extreme Makeover. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we got to make it big. We got to make it crazy. And like, they're, and uh, one of the cast members or one of the, somebody in the group, I think it's D, uh, tries to uh, do uh, bullshit Spanish with the, uh, with the group too. <laughs> and it's just not getting over <laughs> Just like I know Spanish, and it's like three phrases. <laughs> and of course, and again, I, I remember Charlie in this episode. Is, uh, I'm trying to remember some of his lines on that because he had some good ones. Because he of the entire group looked the most ready for the job. Like he had the fucking bandana on, the tool uh-huh. belt, the fucking work shirt, and. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember there being a scene where he just completely fucked something up, but for some reason I've just not been able to pull it, even though I remember this episode a little better than the others. Even when the gang has good intentions, like of... But it's all for them. It's all you know, selfish. Well, I was gonna say, what are good karma. intentions? You know, we want to get th- we want to get this karma for ourselves. You know, let's help people because we're good people, quick, quote unquote. Quick question: right? Do y'all believe in that? In karma? Uh, it's hard to. It's a. It's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, of course, it's a good question. I asked it. Uh, to an extent, yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you? You put good vibes out there. You get good vibes. <laughs> I was gonna out. say that you did not answer the question. Yeah, I believe, <laughs> yeah, I believe in karma. Uh, I would say I do to an extent. I just wouldn't call it karma. Um, more I, of I, like a good vibe. Answer with good vibes. Ah, uh, even even that feels a little hippy dippy bullshit. I honestly just believe. What you put in, you get out. So it's like if you treat people like shit, you're going to get treated like shit back. So that, you can call it karma. For me, I just call it being a good person and just be treat other people the way you'd want to be treated. Exactly. Just that golden rule. Yeah. Which is why I call people on, on their bullshit because I expect them to do the same with me. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's uh, of course it all like. What about you, though, Chris? No, the world is chaotic. We're all. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he was setting us up. That's why I I had that word. No, no, the world is chaotic, and we're on a train to hell. (laughs) Well, the wicked world. Praise the Lord while you can and pass the ammunition. (laughs) There is no good or bad. The world is gray. (laughs) I'm a dog. The world is gray. And then, RP DMX. <laughs> and the DMX starts playing. <laughs> the whole episode just stops and it just gets, we just end it with DMX. Yeah. Oh, X will give it to you. <laughs> but we have like the the best conclusion of probably like every se- any season in the Honestly, series. Honestly, yeah. Probably one of the most definitive things. Like when you when someone starts quoting Always Sunny. This is the one. This is probably the top most quoted 
absolutely the night man cometh and it kind of highlights how creative this cast is too yes well, it's, just, it's, a, it's the c story yeah. you know we get the a b we get the a story we get the b story but they have somehow created a c story that lives on for quite a while this yes. is a, this is what always they always come back to this and it's you know just like uh wild card mm-hmm. or something they're, they're able to create a c plot that we can pull from constantly that still affects the a and b uh which i think is very impressive you know just for the writing but there's only a handful of shows that still do that and i will say i don't think there's a sitcom a comedy sitcom on that matches that uh because you know this is what i consider one of the best sitcoms mm-hmm. ever because small location tight writing tight mm-hmm. character development mm-hmm. and the ability to bring that c plot in whenever you want to just to fuck with fans yeah because, because it's it's fan, that's the fan service the c plot is the fan service but it's also around a theme that is constant throughout the entire series and it's which is uh charlie trying to impress the waitress yeah mm-hmm. but, but even talking about the c plot they've turned this c plot into an a plot by referencing another a plot because the musical is based on the song uh is based on his song from uh, sweet d's dating a retarded person yes <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they even call back to that old thing and that's where they create the big fucking musical musical really. out of the whole thing just for the waitress and then the production of it is so great and Mac with his fucking like black eyeshadow. Yes. 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 <laughs> Trying to look badass like he always does. <laughs> Looking like a David Bowie fan in the crowd. <laughs> right. He comes comes like, look how scary I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be terrifying. <laughs> Meanwhile, Frank everybody. though. Oh god. Frank is the MVP of this episode. The troll. You gotta play pay the uh, the <laughs> troll toll. <laughs> to get to that boy's hole. Are you saying it's boy's soul? <laughs> yeah, Frank. boy's hole. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> seriously one of my favorites. This is like the only time in this. It happens multiple times in the series where you can use the term accidental pedophile. <laughs> with the yes. cast. Because that's what they are. Accidental pedophile. Especially going back to like the high school drinking one. Yes. And it's just like they're trying to hook up with underage kids. And I'm just like, yep, that's the best way to describe that. Accidental pedophile. <laughs> and that's kind of like what uh, Dee's character in the play is, too. Where like, uh, And then she's like trying to fight it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Or like Dee's like trying to... Uh, she's falling in love with a tiny boy. Yeah, tiny boy. boy, little boy. She's like, <laughs> she's like, Charlie, I'm not... I don't want to give the impression that I'm in love with little boy. She's like, no, you're not. The character is. And she takes it as far as getting on stage after she does her number going like, by the way, I'm not into little boys. I'm in... See me as an 8 or a 9 out of 10. And let's uh, meet up after the show. Yeah. <laughs> And actually, fun little fact on this. Uh, in September 2009, the cast took the show live and the game performed the musical The Nightman Cometh in New York, Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., and Philadelphia. And everyone came back and reprised their roles and did like actual full stage setup for The Nightman I've Cometh. S- I've seen videos of this on YouTube and uh, the production, they put a little production value uh-huh. in it and they like they play at places like the Troubadour in Los Angeles and they're like treating it like it's a serious you know big production and everything and at the very end where uh, Charlie comes down in the yellow suit and uh-huh. the top hat singing the, man. Where, yeah, <laughs> to the closing number man. He, gets, like, he gets a harmonica out and just starts doing like some fucking howling wolf fucking like badass harmonica solo yes it's like Charlie Day is like sneakily the most talented <laughs> member of this fucking group well, like, you got, 
something. <laughs> about, this, is, this is what, season four? Yes. Yeah. Think about it. You've made a show. One, you made it first of all, you made a pilot, won a contest. You successfully had one year and then a. I would count Danny DeVito as an A list actor. Absolutely. To join your sitcom, stay on it, and in four years, you're now traveling across the nation playing a throwaway bit yeah for fans can you imagine the mindset that creates for these guys it's yeah. like holy shit we've made it yeah and they're still going this is that's kind, what's impressive about this show and this is kind of like the season where like always sunny in philadelphia just becomes part of the uh you know pop that's just cemented in pop culture you know basically forever yeah. at least and, for the time period and, and you know what i don't think anyone could say that better because if you into exactly work off what Chris was saying those first three seasons proved the concept each one got better and better and better this season four was almost the make or break season Mm -hmm. because they had had so much gumming up to it that if this season had flopped if this had been a garbage season they probably would have not still been doing it today. Probably but they not. kept that writing up. They kept it pushing, kept out the quality, and basically went, y'all ain't ready. We still got another 10 plus years ahead of us of this shit. Get ready. It just shows that they love what they're doing, too. And you know what? And I think that's what's missing from a lot of art in general is that people used to just enjoy what they did and i think that shines through on this sitcom you know it, it shines through on the podcasts we enjoy it, sh- it shows through on the music we enjoy you know any art that you can tell the creative person making it is enjoying making it it shines through and it just it really feels like when you watch a show like always sunny there's not just a difference because you know funny you know writers but the detail they put into that writing. It's uh, we're gonna get real introspective here, but the problem with uh, creative sometimes is that uh, they'll get into a rhythm with their uh, with their work and uh, get so embedded in it that it almost becomes their job, and that takes the joy away from it. You don't get that from this cast, not at this point at least. Well, Glenn Howerton, um, Dennis, he ran into that uh, a few years ago because yeah. spoiler alerts. He actually dropped off for a season, yeah. where he moved away, quote unquote, and like did something else. But like, so he actually did get the burnout, where he kept writing in the background, but he didn't want to be in front of the camera for a little bit. And then eventually, the character has come back now. But well, still, there was a bit where he was gone. I think I think an entertainment in general is the last art form, and you know we got content, and it's also the least respected. Yeah, and it's what's crazy. Well, here's mm-hmm. here's the thing, like. You guys are musicians, which takes talent. Uh, not saying anyone else doesn't have a talent, but that takes a specific talent that you have to hone. Mm-hmm. You know, you do that with your students, all right, and you do that with a band in general. Yeah. You know, you guys, you have to write the song, you have to get the beat right, you have to get, you know, everything right to make it sound good. Like you showed me uh, Kiss's demo shit. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! <laughs> so much different from its other stuff. Yeah. But that changed a long time ago because. Entertainment was right up there with every other job. Yep. Because every other job was an art form. Yeah. Welding, carpentry, Mm -hmm. vocation of any kind. Mm -hmm. Anything you did in this country was an art form. Yes. And you took pride in it. But they took away they took away the art part of it. That's why it's not vocational arts. Now it's just vocation. Yeah. But or extracurricular. Yeah. Extracurricular. It's no longer a mainstay. And I think when it comes to this 
and any other art form like in entertainment movies shows music you can see it very clearly when people enjoy what they're doing because it makes the show or movie or performance more dynamic like snowfall Absolutely. you can tell those guys fucking love selling crack in imaginary world <laughs> <laughs> they what's, love their roles they they believe in the storytelling yeah. what's well, kind of like when uh wrestlers uh play heels they enjoy playing the heels a lot more because they get to express themselves a little bit more oh, have you seen have you seen the preview for that movie heels not yet. Was again with Steve with Stephen Amell. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch that after this wraps but, up. Here. Uh, but yeah. like it's it's you know you're right. It is it does show through because these people aren't legacy fucking actors who came out of fucking Hollywood. They That's, will be now. Yeah. yeah. But, but but you know they came out of Philly. Yeah. They're just some comedians that got together, just like us. We got together to do this. Yep. There is no difference between them and us other than they just decided to make a TV show and submitted it. it. That's the only difference. Yeah. They got that. They hit that extra step. Yep. And then they took off running. Yeah. And that happens. I think that happens with every entertainer. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've seen guys have bands after band after band until they get that right fit. And then they're out. They're gone. And I understand that it can be a burnout. You know, uh, Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. He burned out for a little while and came yep. back. Um, we've seen actresses do that. Elizabeth Shue, she quit acting mm-hmm. for a long time doing that. Uh, but I can see where you're coming from when you're talking about how what you, with the art form, becomes a job yeah. and becomes monotonous. And I can see that dragging a show down. Somehow they've done it. Somehow, and, somehow they've beat it. And you know what? And I think it's because they are able to go out to extra stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Not yeah. only that, but... I was really able to get the vibe that the three guys were friends to start with. Yeah. Yeah. And then they created the show and of course Prime made super dramatized versions of, you know, situations they had been in, so that kind of gave it a little bit of genuineness plus. I mean, hell, it would be like if you gave me Cap and Mikey a show. You know, we've been friends for so long, we understand each other's rhythms and beats. We could probably do a, our own version, our own jokes version, you know, of a show like that. So I think it also just comes into it's such a genuine connection between these actors and these comedians that you can't help but project yourself sometimes on the funnier moments going, oh God, I could see, you know, me and Mikey getting into some of that bullshit or, you know, God, I could see Chris doing something like that, you know, yeah, just because it, it, it gives it that bit of groundedness. Yeah. It's also that see it, be it kind of yeah, thing. Like, yeah. okay, these guys, you know, as as gratuitous as they with the stuff they yeah. do, mm-hmm. it's just like, I got a buddy who would do something stupid like that. Uh-huh. I got a buddy who would go blackface and sell gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> I, think ev- I think everybody, particularly in Philadelphia, would have like somebody. In, oh, yeah, because it's very do- relatable to them because it's still shot on location. Exactly. I, and I'm pretty sure they only, they only film within a six blocks radius. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like they're very close. <laughs> and we, we've talked with... I've, I've only talk- seen him in a park once. <laughs> right. I've talked with folks that uh, are from Philadelphia that, uh, you know, I'll ask them about Always Sunday, and they're just like, that's not a comedy. That's a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think this season just goes to show, though, that Always Sunny is here to stay, and it only is going to keep going up from here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since there are so many seasons, I look forward to seeing that kind of where it, uh, if it dips, you know, of course, I'm there's a few seasons I'm behind on like particularly the one where Dennis is out yeah so I gotta catch up on that I watched a movie the other day that he was in called uh, The Strangers yeah. oh yeah that one's good and and then like you were talking about them being able to branch off and do other stuff some of my 
some of my favorite comedies to come out maybe the last 10 years was a movie and its sequel that featured Charlie Charlie Day and it was Horrible Bosses. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the best comedies to have come out in the last good and handful of years. In Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah he was. I'd um, argue that outside of Danny DeVito, Charlie Day is the biggest star of that cast. Yeah, and oh, Sweet yeah. D, she had her own show. I, the, was it The Mick? The Mick. Yeah, The yeah. Mick. Yeah. And now uh, Charlie Day is going to be Luigi. I can't wait. <laughs> and the thing is, is like Charlie Day is Luigi. Just, just, I'm just picturing Luigi like just having a map of every. Oh, I posted song. that in the Discord. Did but you like, see that? No, but I just, I just <laughs> it's so imagine. good. This red strings all leading to Peach and Bowser, and he's like, they're having a fucking affair. <laughs> <laughs> No, I gotta show you this video where they perfectly matched up that scene with oh, CGI I Luigi yeah, okay, Mario. I yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I I would love them to bring like just a little, just a little Easter egg of if Always Sunny. Oh, I know that there's going to be some scene where Luigi has to freak out. And we're going to get the Charlie Day voice. Yeah. So the, well, I don't know why we gotta go I know we're going to get a moment. Or just Luigi just losing his shit, and going yes. wild card. Yeah. <laughs> No fucking doubt. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But this has been another great episode of the Couch Bro Tatoes Wildcard Edition. Wildcard Edition. <laughs> <laughs> well, for this episode, I've been Alex. This is Cap. And Chris, do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? If you're out there working, treat it like an art form and it's no longer at work. Yeah. Period. Be proud of what you do. Take pride in it. It is a sin. It's a good sin, though. It's a fun sin. <laughs> All the good ones are. Like a handy. Like a <laughs> good old-fashioned. An old-fashioned. Nothing like an old-fashioned. Oh. Oh. <laughs>